Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls. So in this week's episode of the Unlikely Artist Podcast, we're going to be talking about war and sadness and beauty and courage, all of it. Probably like so many of you have been doing, I have to confess to watching obsessively all of the news clips on the Ukraine and worrying about all the people there. I grew up in Saskatchewan in Western Canada. And at the time I grew up about a third of the population in Saskatoon was Ukrainian. So it was often over at friends' houses, helping their moms make Easter eggs, decorating Easter eggs and, you know, eating pierogies and all of that stuff. So there's so many people I know with relatives over there and just the human compassion we all have watching cities get decimated and heartbreaking shots of families killed and hospitals destroyed. It's just so, so terrible. This weekend, I saw something that had been put out several days ago, but it hadn't come across my path until uh, CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, which I watch a lot of the stuff that they produce. They interviewed this Ukrainian violinist, and I might be butchering his name, but it's Ilya Bandarenko. And this Ukrainian violinist, if you didn't catch this, um, this YouTube video he made, I hope that you will go and watch it after you listen to this podcast. Anyway, they interviewed him. He had uh, produced a video from a bomb shelter where he was just doing this spectacularly beautiful and sad rendition of a Ukrainian, I think it's a folk song. And when he was interviewed on CBC, he said it was actually a love song, I think, but he picked it because it just was so sad and wistful. And after he produced that video, he was contacted by a famous violinist. And ultimately, I think it was a she organized 94 violinists in 29 countries to perform that song with him again in solidarity for the Ukraine to help raise money, spur people on to give donations. And I listened and the sadness of the song was just so profoundly moving to me. It was such a sad beauty that it made me cry. Just so intense. And just speaking to you now, as I recounted this story to you, made me wonder Oh, I wonder if there's a word for this feeling of a sad beauty, because that's what I want to talk to you about today. So I paused the recording and decided to look up this idea of sad beauty on Google. And so the first hit I got, the only English word that kind of came up was mel- melancholy, which 
Google said, you know, often rings with a sense of beauty or serenity in the face of sadness. And this seemed to only hint at what I'm meaning. But ironically, Google took me to a Russian word that is perfect. So it said that in Russian, the word Tosca describes this. It's a very multifaceted and variant sadness that is often wrought by beauty. I did a little bit more research after that, and I discovered that Tosca is tied to suffering and self-doubt as part of the, the Russian psyche. And it was also described as a, by a, one Russian in the story as a vital feeling of being deep in the dark, giving us the resources to be happy at other times. But then I found just the perfect definition. It's so perfect. I have to read you the whole thing because it expresses so beautifully what I'm trying to get at in this particular episode. So it was in an article in Russia beyond May 6, 2020. And in that article, which was called What is Tosca? The Russian Despair, it quotes an American called Sean Quirk who had been living in Russia for 17 years. And this is what he said about what Tosca means. And just listen, because it's just so perfect to the feeling I'm trying to convey here. Tosca for me is a thing beyond mere depression, ennui, or simple sadness. It's a state of being where one deeply feels the utter emptiness of the cosmos. And yet, at the same time, is keenly aware of the terrible sharpness and intensity in a single moment in life. We feel utterly what it is to be human, to be pierced by loss, sadness, betrayal, and all the myriad of things that can happen over the course of a single human lifetime. Yet we also feel them against the background of empty, nihilistic, screaming void that would deprive every action and thought of any weight as meaningless in an infinite and ultimately irrational universe. And yet this very Tosca ties us intrinsically to the very spark that gives us life as humans and allows us to hold a small bright torch against the weight of that endless void that would bear down upon us and crush us into oblivion. So I could almost like end the episode right now because it just so expresses the feeling that I'm going to try to convey to you here. So there you have it, a Russian word that describes so perfectly what I was feeling as I listened to all of these violins playing in solidarity with this beautiful, wistful Ukrainian uh, song, this mix of sadness, and the crushing weight of it all. And yet at the same time, a feeling of this spark that gives us as humans life and connects us with each other, a feeling that can make us love life even more. This got me thinking about how we miss so much when we're only willing to acknowledge the good things. When we try to push down the pain and the sadness and the doubt and the fear, and pretend it's not there, pretend we don't feel those things. When we forget about the tremendous beauty in sadness itself, we all get so focused on trying to feel good. I know in the coaching industry, we can get carried away with this idea of 
oh, here's how you can feel better right now. And it's not just as coaches, there's this emphasis in most advertising you'll see, and really it's society at large, that something's gone wrong when we feel bad and we need to fix it and we need to be better right now. One of the most common things I coach my clients on is how it's okay to feel negative feelings and have negative thoughts. Because what happens is if we're thinking in a negative way and we're feeling bad, and then if we tell ourselves we shouldn't be feeling that way and we try to repress it, we add that extra layer of feeling bad about feeling bad on top of it. And that can just lead to endless cycles of denying ourselves our humanity. So one of the most beautiful things we can do is just be okay with those moments where we're feeling bad. If we try too hard to always feel good, we can really miss out. I recently dated this guy briefly and his thought was, hey, let's just talk about our creative inspirations and good music and the art we're doing and the beautiful slices of life. Let's, let's be optimistic. Let's just pretend there are only good things in our life. Let's not talk about anything sad or anything sad from the past. Let's, let's just keep our conversation focused on the good things. I think in society, there can be this relentless pursuit of the positive that's quite unrealistic and quite self-denying. And nope, I don't want to deny my full humanness. I don't want to overlook the beauty of the dark times. So I don't want to pretend nothing bad has ever happened to me. It's part of my life experience. What I love about getting older is what I've learned from the bad things. When you get enough decades under your belt, you know how rich life is and can be. You know it has its ups and downs. You know that the challenges and pain and sadness are often what leads us to the biggest growth. You learn to always look for the lessons in the sadness and you experience the self-acceptance that comes from being able to be with all of your emotions. You know that the grief and pain and struggles help you build wisdom more than anything else I know. So last night, last day of spring, I stood out on my back deck and I looked at a fairly remarkable sunset. I do get beautiful sunsets here, but this one had such a serenity and calmness about it. There was no wind, the thin strip of clouds was very still. And I had this overall sense of just clear stillness, but over the horizon, it was red like blood, just pure, pure, bright red. And it faded ever so gradually into yellow and then blue. And it made me think about Ukraine. It made me think about the blood spilt there. And again, I felt into the beautiful sadness of those violins playing. I think this is why I love nature so much. If any of you follow me on Instagram, you'll see me constantly getting delighted with the nature of it's around me and posting 
photos about it. I'm often in a transcendent state when I'm absorbed in nature. And I think sometimes you could look at that and say, well, she's just trying to only see the good things and the beauty. But the truth is often when I go outside to look at a sunset or I go for a walk and I bend down to examine the intricacy of a leaf or a section of moss between the trees, it's not to just be in my happiness. It's not to avoid pain. It's because of the pain. It's knowing that nature dies and it grows back, that sunset and rise again. It's getting comfortable with the cycle of life, which is birth and death. It's a reminder of the creativity of all of it. Our feelings come and go in cycles. And when we're in the moment, when we're out in nature, we can just be with our feelings. We can allow the grief and the anger and the fear and the frustration. We can feel the grief about what's happening in the Ukraine and the frustration with how things are turning out and the sense of our incapability of solving any of it. And we can allow ourselves to feel it. We can celebrate our humanness and our capacity to feel. The allowing of difficult emotions soften into something beautiful. When we stand outside and watch a sunset, it's like having our hearts held. The beauty is a reflection back of us in our wholeness, not just the selected good bits, not just the worthy bits, not just what's pure and light and positive, but the beauty that can sometimes feel heartbreaking, that can feel awe-inspiring, that can feel painful. We can feel the pain of knowing the sunset will pass and will never be replicated exactly the same way again. It's all of it. When our hearts are breaking and we're feeling sad, we can choose the experience of sinking into the moment. I listen to this wonderful reflective podcast every week called The Robcast, and it's with host Rob Bell. And this week, Rob talked about some of the things I'm talking about. And he said so beautifully, our hearts can hold all things. And I stopped and I really took that in. I believe we need to take our heads off and trust in our hearts. Our heads often don't lead us in the right direction. They lead us to war. They lead us to seeing differences. They lead us to hatred. Our hearts always lead us to the best place. Maybe none of us here listening to this podcast or the people we know can individually solve humanity's problems. But what would it be like if we sunk into the beauty of small moments and we allowed those to fill our souls and our hearts? What if we just allowed all of the feelings? What if we didn't try to push them down and ignore them? What if we allowed ourselves to be open to the goodness and the sadness and we allowed whatever bubbled up to guide us forward? Instead of our striving and efforting and trying to always feel good and do better, what if we gave our hearts the space to speak? What if we cried for the children of the Ukraine and also allowed the small moments of our humanness, 
the good and the bad to fill us with love. Savvy souls, I recently heard this definition of courage. Courage has the same root as the French word cour, which is about the heart. And the definition of courage was courage is about living at the core of your heart. That's what I'm asking you to do, Savvy Souls. Let's be courageous together. Let's live at the core of our hearts. Love you guys and talk to you next week. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.